Good morning again. If you have your Bible, go ahead and open to Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4 will we'll be in just a few minutes. Well, it's been referenced a number of times already. Uh, this is the first Sunday of 2016. Can you believe that it is 2016 already? Uh, did it come a little faster this year than last year did to anybody else? I mean, it's just like they just keep rolling the same amount of days, but it seems like they just come faster and faster uh, every year, and yet here we are. As Jeffrey said, this is the, the first Sunday of the first week of, of the new year. And uh, always, uh, toward the end of a year, um, you know, it's kind of like, okay, things are slowing down a little bit, and then the year you're kind of trying to wrap everything up, but then as you approach the beginning of the next year, you know, always have a, a bit of optimism about it going into it. I think about changes that I want to make in my life and things that I want to see us uh, do as, as a church and what I'd like to do with, with my family, and so I feel a, a little bit optimistic going into each year, and, and you know, and we all do things like this. For the most part, every person makes some sort of resolution, yes or no? How many of you, just by show of hands, how many of you have made some sort of New Year's resolution this year? Just by show of hands. Okay, most of us. Most people make a New Year's resolution, no matter what it might be, you know, if you're going to, uh, if you're going to, to, to spend more time with your family, if you're going to lose weight, if you want to uh, read your Bible more, if you want to not be so much of a jerk to people, you know, whatever it might be. We make these, these different resolutions, but the thing is, and I think we all know this, is that a lot of times by February, where are we with those resolutions? It's like, well, we did good for a couple of weeks, but then they just kind of go out the door and we go back to being a jerk and eating everything we want to and all of those things. Um, and, you know, we have good intentions, but it's like we don't follow through with them. You know what I'm talking about? And I want us to do better with those things. I don't want us to abandon them. You know, I, I, I sat down, I don't know, a month or so ago, and I just wrote out a list of, of goals that I have for myself, uh, you know, and I'm, I intend to, to give those to people to say, hey, look, here's what I'm thinking about. Here's what I would like to do. I want you to ask me about these things. I want you to ask me how I'm doing and if I have stopped being such a jerk to people or if I am uh, doing better with what I'm eating and spending more time with my family and, and those kinds of things. And it's to, why, why do we do them? It's to, to better ourselves as, as people, right? They are, and, and you know, I think we do that as, uh, as churches as, as well. And for a few minutes, I want to uh, I want to reflect a little bit on uh, 2015, and then I want us to consider some things for 2016. I don't feel like we're going to take a huge amount of time to do this today, but I just want to, to focus on these things for, for just a minute. Um, every year, we try to develop a theme that we want to follow as a, as a church. And our theme for 2015 was imitators of God. And you saw this every single Sunday of 2015. That image would flash up at the end of service as just kind of a reminder. Uh, you know, it comes from, from the book of Ephesians as well, that we are to be the, the imitators of God. We are to walk in love and, and imitate God, to do the things that God did. And we think, well, well, how do we know what that is? Well, we looked at the life of Jesus and how Jesus treated people and how he loved people and how he dealt with, uh, with different individuals. And that's how we learned to be, to be imitators of God. Now then, we didn't reference that phrase every single Sunday, like, publicly, but it was always there. And if you were, were paying attention... You could pick up on that theme throughout our preaching and teaching that we looked at throughout the year. We spent a, a lot of time uh, looking into to this theme in our, our time that we spent in here. We spent a lot of time looking into this theme in our ABC groups. And you know, the way that I generally try to do things is I, I like to uh, do kind of a schedule when I think about preaching and what I want to preach for the next year and, and you know I like to kind of plan it out and know where I'm going ahead of time and I generally rotate 
year to year. One year, I will do topical messages. And we saw that last year. We'll talk about those in just a minute. I like to do topical messages. And then the next year, I like to take that year and spend it in a, a book or, or several books of the Bible, just kind of going through it in, in an expository fashion. And then last year, last year was the, the topical year. And so we began by looking into how we become imitators of God by focusing on the Trinity. Do you remember that last January where we talked about the Trinity and, and, and what it means? And there's a lot of people that are not too sure what the Trinity is and, and what is a, it is about. And we, we talked about God the Father and we talked about God the Son and we talked about God the Holy Spirit and we spent four or five weeks really looking at that doctrine of the Godhead, trying to, to understand who it is that we as followers of Christ are, are trying to imitate. And we looked at the different qualities of each of those, those individuals and that together they form God. You have God the Father, God the Son, God the, the Holy Spirit. You know, and, and for most of us, you know, we, we had a pretty good grasp of God the Father and God the Son, but there are a lot of people that don't have a great understanding of what the Holy Spirit is. You know, we kind of hear about the Holy Spirit. We sort of mention Him in, in, in passing or in reference. But there are a lot of people that are just not sure what the Holy Spirit's role is. And uh, we spent two weeks talking about His role and how He is the counselor and that He is the, the comforter. He's sort of the, the guide for our lives as we as we go and we try to live and be these imitators of God. And so we, we spent some time talking about that. Then we, we hit a, a short series that was titled Great Expectations. And if you look at Scripture and you look at the things that Jesus said and you look at the things that Paul and, and Peter and, and some of the others write, you realize that God has great expectations for His people. Yes or no? Yeah, He absolutely does. He has great expectations for us individuals. You know, He wants us to imitate Him. He wants us to follow Him. He wants us to love our neighbors the way that we love ourselves. He wants us to, to not just love our neighbors as ourselves, He wants us to, to love our enemies. And that's where it gets really difficult, isn't it? Okay, and that's kind of what that series was about. It was about raising our expectations. Raising our expectations to the level of, of God's expectations. And that expectation is to, to be the hands, the feet, to be the body of Christ to all people that we, we come in contact with. And not only did we talk about great expectations of us individually, but we talked about the great, expe great expectations that God has of His church. And as I think about it, and as I look around, what I think is most important for the church is for us to be a kingdom outpost right where we are. Right here in, in Thomasville, Georgia. That when, when people talk about Cornerstone, they talk about the things that Cornerstone does. You know, I, I think I mentioned this uh, a couple of weeks ago. I, I don't remember... In, exactly what context it was, but a while back during the fall, uh, we received a call. I got a call, and it was from the, uh, the new uh, property manager over at, uh, over at Providence, and they had a resident who needed to be moved. She needed to move literally just from one building to the other, literally right across the sidewalk, but she didn't, she couldn't do it by herself. She needed some help, and there was a, a time period that it had to be done by. You know, it's like, you, it's got to be done tomorrow. And, and she didn't know what she was going to do. The lady couldn't handle it herself, by, all by herself physically. The property manager, you know, she could help a little bit, but she thought she needed some more help to get it done. And so she called us, and she said, Hey, look, we know who you guys are. We know you love being over here. Our residents love you. Is there any way that you guys can, can help out with that? Okay, and we did. We had a crowd that showed up, and if I remember right, it was like a Tuesday or a Wednesday or something like that. It was at an odd time, but several of you who could be there showed up, and we were able to, to move that woman in about 10 minutes, okay? And 
To me, that's what the church is about. It's about establishing a kingdom outpost so that the community around us, they know what we're doing, not so we can brag on ourselves, but so we give God the glory, but they know that we are a people who cares about its community, care about the people that are around us, so that when something does come up and somebody does need help or a crisis hits, who are we going to turn to? We're going to turn to the people of God. We're going to turn to that church called Cornerstone because we know, we know that they are committed to being imitators of God. We know that they are committed to loving God people and, and, and sharing their lives together. You know, that's, <clears throat> that's one of the, the, the greatest reasons, uh, I, you know, that I love to, to go to Providence. Uh, I love that we have established those relationships. I want to establish more, and I'm, I'm really looking forward to the 27th when we go back in there and we, uh, we take our, our chili over there. And, I, you know, I talked about it a few minutes ago, but two years ago when we did that, remember, remember that night? It was the coldest night of the year. And it was freezing cold that night. And, you know, we took that chili and we, our hands were frying because it was so cold and that chili was so hot. But we delivered it door to door and we took those little cards and we asked if anybody was interested in Bible studies and we, we got a bunch. We set up a bunch and, and Ken and I, we went and did a lot of those. We did, I don't know, 20 or something uh, Bible studies over there. And it was, you know, it was really good. Not only that. If I remember correctly, we also gave out 75 coats. Does that sound right, Ken? Gave out 75 coats in that, during that, uh, that time period. Okay? And that was because we as a church, we, you know, we decided to raise our expectations of, of who we are and what we, what we want to do. And I think God has those great expectations for us. And so we talked about that during that short series. And then we looked at a series called Bad Resumes. You remember that? where we looked at the, the people in the Bible who just had these horrible resumes. They had just done terrible things. You know, Adam and Eve, you know, only people to ever live in the Garden of Eden. Not because they're lucky, but because they couldn't follow the rules and so none of the rest of us got to go. Remember that? You know, they just couldn't do it. You had Peter who denied Jesus three times. You had Paul who would, would put Christians in jail and had them put to death. And we looked at all of those people for the sole purpose of realizing that if, if God can use people like that, that He can use people like you and me. You know, he, can, he, can use, <laughs> he can use every single one of us to, to, advance, to advance His kingdom. Uh, then we, uh, we, we went into a different series called Give Me Jesus. And you're, If you'll remember this, we didn't look at any miracle stories. We didn't look at any healing stories. That, uh, <clears throat> that we read in, in the Scripture. And the reason for that was very simple. It's because a lot of people are only interested in the healing stories, are only interested in the miracles that Jesus could perform, the, <clears throat> the, the spectacle, so to speak. You know, and Jesus did a lot of those things, and they drew a lot of people to Him, but Jesus also taught a lot of stuff. He also talked about how we are to live, and what it looks like to be an imitator of God, and that if we're going to be followers of Christ, that we have to make sure we're not just hanging around to see another miracle, or to see something that just sort of benefits us, that we have to put into practice the teachings of Jesus into our lives. And so we spent that time looking at those teachings, and they weren't always easy, but they, again, they helped to, to raise our expectation level. They helped to... Uh, helped us to understand what it means to be a, an imitator of God. And then, as we got toward the end of the year, we spent a lot of time looking at, at twisted scriptures, you know, and that was, we had a lot of fun with that, looking at all of those different verses that for so many years we pulled out of context and we've misused, and when we did that, we gave them different meanings and what it actually meant. <clears throat> we saw the importance of, of reading scripture in its context to its original author, what it means and what it was about, and then us trying to modify our lives to, to that Scripture instead of taking that Scripture and make it fit our lives. You know, and we did this, and we saw an importance of reading the Bible, uh, reading the Bible in context, and it was just, uh, we saw a, a, a great 
Uh, man, God bless you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, Bethany's not here this morning. She has a cold, and as you can hear, she's trying to give it to me, and my voice is going. Thank you, Adam. I appreciate that very much. Uh, but, you know, we spent that time, um, and it helped us to develop a, a greater care for reading Scripture in context. And just as, as church would end and we'd get ready to go our separate ways, I enjoyed hearing the conversations that you were having, hearing you say, look, you know what? I'd always read this verse this way, but when I stepped back and I looked at the whole of Scripture, I realized, man, there was a whole lot more to it than that. You know, and as a, as a preacher, as a minister, you know, that just... You know, that just makes me geek out because that's, you know, that's what I do. That's what I like, you know. I, I want us to be able to read Scripture the way it was meant to be read and not just read it and make it mean what I think it means or what you think it means, but see what, what God and, and those original authors, what they intended by it. So, you know, we had, we had a lot of fun with that series. And then we got to the end of the year and we talked about Advent and the, the coming of the Messiah, the coming of, of Jesus and how... Uh, how as we celebrate Advent, we not only focus on his, his birth, but the Advent also reminds us of the second Advent, when Jesus is going to return, when He's going to come back from the heavens and He's going to, to gather all of us and we're going to get to go home and, and be with Jesus forever, for eternity, if we have given our lives, uh, if we have given our lives to Him. And so that's how we talked about being imitators of God in here. But also, you could see that in our classes. And we put something into place last year that we called uh, ABC groups, these adult Bible communities. And we had a Theology 101 class so that we could figure out uh, or so we could wrestle with just what it is uh, that we believe. Uh, there was a, a Beth Moore study that our ladies went through that focused on Jesus. As a matter of fact, it was called uh, Jesus, the, the one and only. Uh, we offered some practical classes as well. You, remember, you may remember one that we offered was called uh, Sowing into the Spirit of, of Self-Control. And Norm taught that class next door, and it was very well attended. Uh, and he was just giving practical tools for, for maintaining that, that very important fruit of the Spirit, that fruit of, of self-control. We also offered a couple of other classes, a, a practical theology that we talked uh, to our teens about, and then one that just concluded Wednesday night, the Christian atheist that, uh, that was taught by, by Jeffrey. And, you know, it, it's, it's those classes that were, uh, you know, we didn't just choose them at random, we chose them because we wanted them to, to help raise our expectation, to help take us deeper in our faith, to help us be uh, imitators of God, and, and we're already starting to compile uh, our, our upcoming lineup of ABC groups. I'm really excited about it. Uh, we got some good ones that we are, are, are putting together, and in the next couple of weeks, we'll start putting out information about them. We're going to start telling you about them. There'll be some sign-up sheets, and then uh, somewhere in February, those are, are going to kick off, and so I'm really looking forward to those, those upcoming classes. But as I said a minute ago, while we didn't reference publicly the imitators of God theme all that often it was seen and it was felt in in how we spent 2015 studying how we spent time in here worshiping together how we spent time within our within our classes now um, last year I felt was a I felt it was a pretty good year in a lot of ways and you'll have to ask me about this person if you want to know because I just don't uh, I don't have time to get into that. But in a lot of ways, I felt like 2015 mirrored 2012. Uh, 2012 was the year that uh, we basically decided we're going to do whatever we have to do to bring people into relationships with Jesus. That was the year that George issued that great challenge to us. And, you know, we just we went ahead and we started doing those kinds of things. That was sort of what birthed Providence Plaza and that ministry and all that. And I, I felt like in a lot of ways, 2015 mirrored uh, 2012. And as I began to, to think about this and began to think about what I wanted to say this morning, I looked back through 2015 and realized, you know, we had some, uh, it was a year of, of highs and lows as, as usually, you know, you have in church. You know, 
if you have just all highs all the time, you know, you, you probably are not living in reality because that just, it, you know, that just doesn't happen. We live in a broken world. Now then, there are probably people that live in all lows all the time, but it might be because you're choosing to live there or because things are just going that bad. But for the most part, and in the life of the church, you know, you sort of live kind of in a balance where you've got highs and lows, you've got good things that happen, you've got bad things that happen. And as I just sort of began to, to think about some of the numbers uh, this year, you know, uh, or last year, I, you know, I realized that three of our number, three of our number went home to be with Jesus last year. Uh, April the 1st, uh, Alan, Alan Gatlin passed away. Remember Alan? We only knew him for just a season of his life. But it was in that season, and we've seen people do that, where they come into Cornerstone for just a little while, and they make a dramatic impact on people. They make a dramatic impact on us, and then they're gone. You know, and we've seen that. You know, I think God does bring people into our lives for, for seasons. And, and Alan spent a season here with us, and I'll never forget what he said to me about Cornerstone. He said, Cornerstone, Cornerstone is my people. He said, you are you are my people. And I, I loved hearing that. That you're my people. This is where I belong. I've kind of been searching, but this is, is my people. And Alan, you know, he passed away. Uh, he passed away in, in April of, of, of this year uh, or of last year. And then uh, uh, Doug's mom, and, and really dad, but Doug's mom went home to be with Jesus back uh, during the springtime. And we remember what, what that was about. That was, a, that was kind of a rough patch for you guys. But what I got to see, and, and I think Doug and, and Donna Joe would testify to that, is that they got to witness all of you holding them up and, and supporting them and being there for them. It was really kind of a just a, a beautiful thing during that time. And of course, you know, we are coming up in, in just a couple of weeks. We're coming up on the one year anniversary of when George passed. And when George, you know, our our, our shepherd uh, the one that just loved us so much that he went home to be with Jesus. And that just, it just sort of seems like it was yesterday, doesn't it? But, but think about this. Uh, all of those people, all those people that we've loved, that we've lost, that have gone home to be with Jesus, man, they, they leave holes in us, don't they? And we miss them, don't we? But if, if you're like me, and I believe you are, as much as we want them back, I think if we had that opportunity to bring them back, I don't know that we would. You know, and they have been living, they have been living their best existence ever since the day that they left time and entered into eternity. You know what I'm saying? They, they stepped out of, of, of this world and stepped into, into eternity. And, you know, that was just some of the, that was some of the, the low points that I thought about throughout the year. But as I began to look back at the numbers, I realized that we recorded Eight baptisms in 2015. Eight people confessed Jesus Christ as Lord. Eight people went down into the water and were baptized into the, the name of Jesus. And that should be celebrated. It should be celebrated that those people came to Christ. And, and, and I want to see more people in 2016, don't you? Are you with me on that? Good, because I've got some challenges and I'm working toward those that are going to help us to, to do that. You like how I did that? <laughs> but that's what we want. You know, if we're going to be the church, that's what we should want. Uh, we saw, we saw uh, some of you go through some, some tough times in your home life, in your, your marriages, in your finances. Uh, some of you had issues with your health, and yet at the same time, we got to watch Cornerstone rally around each person and, and lift them up. Be there and support them. You know, how many times, how many times this year did we gather right here and as a body lay our hands on somebody and pray for them? Once? More than once. I don't know if I can even count the number of times we did that. Okay? But that's what we did. You know, and that's one of the great things about this church is that we have the ability to do that. We want to just stop. We want to take a moment. We want to lift people up. But it didn't just happen in here. It happened outside of here through life groups and, and, and uh, just one-on-one -on -one time, families taking care of families. And that's one of the beautiful things. Uh, that's one of the beautiful things about Cornerstone. Uh, we saw our children take a more active role in, in worship. Okay, think about it. We've seen our kids up here 
more in the past year than we ever have. Uh, and I think Kendall has a lot to do with that. As he took the initiative to, to bring them up on Wednesday nights, come up early and start working with them, start teaching them a lot of these songs and incorporating them in. You know, remember how we'd come in on Wednesday nights and we'd have new songs and it was the kids that were teaching us those new songs. How great was that? Man, that was awesome. And we want more of that. You know, and, and by my recollection, you know, we haven't had that before, but to see that and to hear those kids learning those new songs and you know, getting to be on the stage and use the microphones and bang on them and drop them. And, you know, while that made some of us go kind of crazy, the big picture is that that was really great to see them doing that. We want to see more of, of, of those kinds of things. Um, like I said, it was a year... And just, just tell me if you agree with this statement. It was a year that had some very tough moments. But it was also a year that was filled with some of the sweetest memories that I can think of. Some really great times that we spent together in, in 2015. And so now, here we are. The, the first Sunday of, of a new year. And it's time for us to once again find our focus and our, our center of attention. And uh, next Sunday, we'll, we'll start that process. It's really already going, but we'll kind of be putting it into motion beginning next Sunday as we will gather in here for what will be our, our fifth, our fifth, which is becoming an annual thing, our fifth annual day of dedication where you know we'll praise and worship God for a while uh, there'll be a little bit of comment, but not much, and then we'll spread out and we'll have the different prayer stations set up throughout the, the building, and we'll just go and we'll pray about those ministries, and we'll pray and we'll ask God to be involved with them. We'll ask God's blessing on them, whatever they might be, and we'll lift those to God, and we will dedicate ourselves uh, back to God as we, we begin a, as we begin another year, and we dedicate all of our, our work to God and to uh, the, the ministry in his, his kingdom. Well, at, the, um, at the end of each year, I start going through this, this process of, of thinking about and praying about and contemplating what I want to talk about the next year. Uh, thinking about a, a theme, and um, uh, one day, a, a few weeks ago, I, I woke up with, with something on my mind, and to say that I came up with it would not be accurate. It would really be to say that that I felt like God was sort of leading me to this. And it's, um, uh, it was so ingrained in my mind that I sat up and I immediately wrote it down so that I could think about it and begin to, to, to pray about it. And there was one word that in all of that sort of seemed to resonate above anything else, and it was the word grow. It was the word grow. And well, I'll talk more about that in just a minute. But I want to look at a text that I think really resonates with that word grow and I think we see it a lot and it's Ephesians chapter 4 and we're going to we're going to read the uh, the first uh, five or six verses and then we're going to drop down sort of to the about the midpoint of the chapter but I think you'll see this this theme of, of grow and growth in there uh, Paul's writing to the Ephesian church he's talking about universe uh, unity and, and diversity uh, as the body of Christ and he mentions several things Let's just read together. We'll start in verse 1. He says, I, therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, urge you to walk worthy of the calling that you have received. Now, that's talking about the calling of Jesus. Okay? We have been called to Jesus, and we've given our lives to Him. He's saying, look, you've been saved by the blood of Jesus. You've been called. You've been sanctified and set apart. You now need to walk like that. You need to walk like you mean it, in other words. You need to walk like Jesus. And he says, so... With all humility and gentleness, with patience, accepting one another in love, diligently keep the unity of the Spirit with the peace that binds us. Man, that's tough, isn't it? We don't always have peace. We all uh, have things that go on in our lives, and sometimes we have disagreements and things that uh, just sort of make us come unraveled a little bit. But if, if there's a place where we can have unity, it should be within the church. Okay? And there's some rallying things that, that we can unify around. And Paul's going to talk about those things in just a minute. He says there is one body 
There is one Spirit, just as you were called to one hope at your calling. There's one Lord, there's one faith, there's one baptism, there's one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in all. He said that's, in, in, in the, the chaos of the world around us, that's what we can rally around. We have been called by Christ. There is one faith, there's one hope, there's one baptism, there's one salvation. That's what we, that's what we can, can unify around. That's where we can find uh, where we, we, we rally together behind this cause. We may come from different backgrounds and we may have different agreements and disagreements about things, but one thing we can all agree on is that Jesus is Lord and all of us need Jesus as Lord in our lives. And he's saying, you rally behind this. And then let's drop down to, uh, around verse 11. It says, and he personally, and again, this is talking about Jesus. He personally gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers for the training of the saints and the work of ministry to build up the body of Christ until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of God's Son, growing into maturity with a stature measured by Christ's fullness. Then we will no longer be little children tossed by the waves and blown by every wind of teaching, by human cunning with cleverness and the techniques of deceit. But speaking the truth in love, let us grow in every way into Him who is the head, Christ. From Him the whole body, fitted and knit together by every supporting ligament, promotes the growth of the body for building up itself in love by the proper working of each individual part. Now, as I thought about that word grow, as I read that passage, I, I sort of see it all just kind of coming together. I think there is a, a theme of growth throughout that entire passage. And you see the word grow or growth mentioned three different times. In the, in the opening verses of that passage, you know, Paul's opening encouragement, while he doesn't say the word necessarily, it is about growing in, in spiritual maturity as, as we deal with one another. Okay? And we must find peace with one another. And that's, you know, when we do that, that's about growing. It means, hey, we may not always get along, we may not always agree on everything, but the one thing we can agree on is Jesus and that we all need Jesus, and as long as we can rally around that, then we can sort of figure everything else out. But let's agree that, that Jesus is Lord. And so he's talking about growing in, in maturity. In verses 11 and 12, he's talking about the role of, of leadership. You know, and that role that leadership plays is to equip the saints for ministry. Okay? Ministry is about growing. It's about growing in what we do, growing in the kingdom, growing in our faith, growing in our, our personal walk with, with Jesus. He talks about growing into mature people who are growing in every way into Jesus. And then finally, he speaks of growth of the body as it supports all its parts. And as I, as I read those verses, I sort of see I sort of see our theme developing from this, this passage. And as I read this text and as I keep thinking more about that word grow, I want to see us, I want to see Cornerstone Church in 2016, I want to see us grow in the areas of our love for God and His Son, first and foremost. I want to see us grow in our, our, our love for, for God's Word, for the Bible. I want to see us grow in our individual spirituality. I want to see us grow in our love for, for one another. Which, you know, if you ask me, we do a pretty good job of that already. Okay? And, but there's always room for improvement. I want to see us grow in our love for those that are outside of Cornerstone. For the people that we interact with in our community. I want to see our love grow for this church from us individually, but also, you know what? I want to see our love from the community for this church grow, okay? And if we are reaching out with the love of Jesus and we're meeting needs, I see that as a, 
sort of a natural reaction. Now then, I also see that there could be a negative reaction against that as well because when you start trying to push into the darkness, you know, there's bad stuff in the darkness and the darkness does not like it. Okay? You start, you start pushing against the kingdom of Satan and we're going to come up against friction. Okay? But that's okay as long as we are growing up into Christ Jesus, growing into maturity, recognizing that what matters is Jesus Christ and that we need a relationship with Him and we recognize that others need a relationship with Him. That our battle is not against flesh and blood and, 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 and the people that out, are out there that don't want us to see us do things. It's against Satan and the, the spiritual forces of, of darkness. And when we recognize that, man, that can help our approach as we, as we deal with people in a lost and dying world. I want to see us grow in the area of, of outreach, how we reach to our community. And I want to see us grow numerically. And I'll say more about that in, in just a minute. Now then, there's a lot of other ways that I want to see us grow. There's a lot of ways that you probably want to see us grow. And maybe as we go through the year and we begin to pray more and we begin to look at this text a little more, God will reveal more and more ways. But those are just some of the ways as I sat down and just quickly wrote out that list. Those are some of the ways that I want to see us grow. And so keeping that in mind, <clears throat> keeping this, this text in mind, I want to present to you our theme for our preaching, our teaching, our activities. Everything we do will fall under this theme for the year 2016. It's this, growing in, growing out, growing together. Growing in, growing out, and, and, and growing, growing together. When you think of the phrase growing in, this is talking about our individual walk with Jesus. Okay, this is our, our, our personal walk. This is talking about our, our devotional life. This is talking about our, our time that, that we spend individually in the Scriptures or that we may spend with our, our family members or that we spend one another, with, with one another talking about God's Word, reading God's Word, praying together. Okay, I also see this taking place in, in worship through our, our ABC Groups. They will go to support how we, we grow inwardly. Uh, and, and here's the thing, um, and, and, and in life groups, I, I, I know that I have the support of, of Jeffrey and Tommy as I say this, as I'm talking about life groups and ABC groups and worship. We not only want you to be in those things, if you're a member of this church, tell me if I'm right, we expect you to be involved in those things. We expect you. If you're a member of Cornerstone Church of Christ, we expect you to participate in those things because it's those things that are going to help us grow inwardly, that are going to help us grow to the next level. And that's, uh, that's where we talk about growing outwardly. So let's talk about it. When you hear the phrase growing out, this is about growing in our ministry to others. Providence Plaza, but it's also in other outreach projects and service ministries. And, and here's the thing, we've challenged this, challenged you on this before. Uh, you know, we want to hear your ideas of how we can serve. If you know of a need, and, and, and this is what's great about you, is that when a need comes up and you're aware of it, you bring it to the church. Okay? And keep doing that. Keep bringing those needs in. We were able to help somebody just uh, over Christmas stay indoors for Christmas Day instead of having to be outside on the street because there was a need that was recognized by one of you and you passed out one of those, those yellow pamphlets that talks about the church and we were able to, to meet that need. Keep doing those kinds of things. But not only that, if you feel like God is calling you to something, if God is showing you a ministry, if it's a, a group or you, know, you want to start a Bible study downtown or, or whatever it might be, if God is calling you to that, why not take a leap of faith and, and, and step out on that? Okay, Tell us what we can do to support that ministry because it, you know, it's, it might be something that we want to get behind if it's going to bring people into a relationship to Jesus because that's what it's about, yes or no? It's about that. And so we want to grow inwardly in our walk with Jesus. We want to grow outwardly in our ministry to the community and to those in, in our surrounding area. And then finally, growing together. This is about growing both numerically and and spiritually. And this is about being excited about our faith. This is about being excited about 
what is going on at, at, at Cornerstone. Um, I'll say this. I'm not content. I'm not content with seeing 56 on the board back there. Are you? I'm not content with seeing 77 on the board back there. You know, that's sort of where we average, somewhere around 77. I want to see more on that board. I want to see more numbers on that board. And, and, and there's, there's lots of different reasons. And this is what I'm talking about. I'm talking about not just everybody coming to church and not skipping, although that is part of it. <laughs> yeah. And I'm going to say more about that in a minute. Don't skip. <laughs> now, if you're sick, skip. Don't be here. Because then you'll knock the rest of us out. But it's about us being excited about what God is doing in our lives. It's about being excited about what God is doing at, at, at Cornerstone. And because of that excitement, we talk to those we come in contact with about Cornerstone. Okay? And they want to come and see what's going on. Okay? And so we begin to attract people to Cornerstone based on what God is doing in our lives. That's what it's about. It's, uh, you know, we talked about revival before and you know, I, I can get excited about revival and I can preach about it, but you know what? Revival has to begin with us individually. Okay, remember that phrase, revival begins with me? That's where it begins when we decide, you know what? I'm going to be dedicated to Jesus. I'm going to talk about the good things that he's doing in my life, and it begins with me, and I'm going to tell, I'm going to tell other people about it, and I want them to, I want them to know about it. Okay, the, the you know, there's all kinds of stuff that you can read about growing a church and all of that stuff, and I've read all that stuff, and I'm not sure that any of it works, to be completely honest with you. I'm not sure that it works. I know that gimmicks don't work. You know, I've tried gimmicks over the years. None of that stuff works. One thing I do know, though, is if you are excited about your church, people are going to ask you questions about it. Okay? And so that's what I want to encourage you to do, to be more publicly excited about it. Okay? Talk about it on Facebook. Talk about it, you know, to the people you come in contact with. Have, uh, have evangelistic ears. And what I mean by that is be listening for needs. Okay? Be listening for, for people that are having a bad day. And, and, and not that you have to just immediately, well, hey, let me tell you about Cornerstone. But, hey, you know, how can I pray with you? How can I, you know, what can I do for you? Can I, let me, can I, can I encourage you in, in some way? And those can organically lead to talking about Jesus, organically lead to to talking about the church and, and, and what's going on here. So I want to encourage you to, to do those things. And that's why we've been encouraging you to, to do more checking in on Facebook. And as we pointed out earlier, you know, our page views, our information about the church is being more broadly spread by doing that. Okay, It's not just because, hey, it's cool to, to check in and use social media. We're trying to use it as an evangelistic tool so that more people see it, so that when they see that you checked in on Facebook, or at Cornerstone, maybe they go to the website and they look it up, and our website views are going up. Our Facebook page views are, are, are going up, and you can see those numbers beginning to steadily rise. And that's an easy way to tell people about the church. I mean, you don't even have to say anything. You just check in there. It lets people know where you are. Maybe that leads to some, uh, to some other conversations. Okay, now then, and I'm, and I'm just about done. So we're talking about growing in. We're talking about growing out. We're talking about, about growing together. As I said a minute ago, I'm not content with numbers in the 70s. Okay? I'm not content with us just being a small church, and, and I don't think you should be content with that either. Uh, you know, there are, there are a lot of people in our community who need Jesus. Yes or no? There's a lot of people in our community who need Jesus, and, and wanting to stay small because we like the feel of it, well... To me, that, that communicates that we're not really that concerned about the souls of others. Okay? Uh, and, you know, we love, you know, there, there's something about the, the feel of a small church. But if we are really going to be the body of Christ, it's got to be about bringing more people into a relationship with Christ. Yes or no? That's what it's got to be about. Okay? We have to be concerned with the people that we come in contact with. Concerned about the fact that they might not know Jesus. Okay? And you know, when I stand before God, I don't want Him to say, why didn't you tell more people about Yeah, you had that great church. 
yeah, y'all had a good thing going there. You had that great outreach ministry where you'd go outside the walls and your singing was good and the preaching was mediocre and the classes were excellent and all of that, but why didn't you tell more people about Why didn't you just tell more people about me? You know, I don't want to stand before God that way. And I, and I hope that that, that will... I hope that will be true for, for all of us. And so I hope that we'll catch this excitement and begin to talk about it more and more and more and more and more because there's more people. Now then, on to the challenge that I mentioned a minute ago. I want us, by the end of 2016, I want us to average 100 people in attendance for worship. Does that sound like a, a, a reachable goal? That's a, I, I think that's an attainable goal. But... That means we all have to do our part, right? We all have to invite people, right? Tommy probably invites more people than, than any of us. But we can't just leave that to Tommy. All the rest of us have to do it as well, right? Are you with me on this? Okay, that's how we do this. We start inviting. We start talking about the good things that are, that are going on at, at, at Cornerstone. And I want to see, I hope, you know, I, I pray that by the end of 2016, you know, our numbers are knocking, that we don't even have to take the one off the board for a while, okay? That it just leaves up there and we change out the other two numbers. That's what I want to, that's what I want to see. Now then, now this gets back to what I mentioned a minute ago about skipping church. That also means that we need to be coming to church ourselves, right? Right? Okay, now then, you've been seeing these commercials on TV about real talk. Let's have real talk for just a minute, okay? Let's have real talk, okay? Now then, um, you know, some of you, we, we might see you twice a month. Okay, some once a month, but here's what I want to do. I want to issue you a challenge. If your habit is to come to worship once a month, for the next six months, I want you to commit to being here two times a month on Sunday. Okay, if it's coming twice a month, hey, step up another one. I want you to commit to being here three times a month. Okay, now then every person being here four Sundays a month for the, the whole year, that's, that's difficult. I recognize that. People get sick, people travel, have to work, all of those kinds of things. But I'm talking about just missing for the sake of missing, okay? If you can be here, we want you to be here, right, Tommy, Jeffrey? If, if, if you can be here, we expect you to be here, right? Okay, I mean, we, I mean our, our jobs expect that of us, right? I mean, if we can be at work, we're expected to be at work, right? If we can't, you know, I mean, if we just don't hit and miss, you know, we're probably not going to be at that job very long. And this is monumentally more important. Okay, so that's, that's the challenge that I want to issue to you for the next six months. And then once you get in that habit, hey, step it up another one. And that's how we can raise, that's one easy way that we can, we can raise our level. Um, and I need, to, I need to stop talking because my voice is gone now. Um, but... Uh, In 2016, I want us to grow in those ways. I want us to grow inwardly. I want us to grow outwardly. Okay, and I think if we're growing inwardly in our individual lives, I think if we're growing outwardly in our care, in our outreach, in our ministry to others, then I think we're going to grow together as a body of Christ. And so that's, that's going to be the challenge that's going to be the, the theme for 2016, okay? It means that we're committed to being here. It means that we're committed to being excited about Cornerstone and talking about all the great things that, that, that we do. It means that we're committed to, to listening to the needs around us and us doing what we can to meet more of those needs and telling more people about Jesus. It's going to to start next Sunday with our day of dedication. We're going to move forward from there. Are you with me? Can we sign you up? Good. I hope we can. I'm looking forward to a great year. Um, I'm looking forward to first Sunday in January of 2017. So we look back on this Sunday and say, wow, look what God did here. That's what I'm looking forward to. Um, let's just... Let's just close by praying together today. God, thank you so much for the day that you've given us. Thank you for loving us the way that you do. Thank you for allowing us to, uh, to be here today, to worship you, to commune, 
together to remember the death and burial and resurrection of Jesus. Thank you for a time to look at your word, your word that, that challenges us and, and, and calls us to a higher standard. Father, I pray that, that we will live out that standard and we will rise to, to that expectation. God, that we will commit to We will commit to walking closer with you every day. That we'll spend more time in prayer. We'll spend more time reading your word. We'll spend more time talking about the good things that you're doing in our life. God, there's enough bad things going on. And there's so much negativity out there. And what, what our society needs is good news and we are the people that you've entrusted that good news to God we don't want to be the people that holds on to that good news we want to be the people that spreads it out and so give us those opportunities open those doors open our eyes open our hearts give us the resources we need to take Jesus to a people that don't know him God I pray that you'll bless us I pray for for Tommy I pray for Jeffrey God, they have a difficult job as a shepherd. And I pray that you would give them a double portion of your grace, that you give them a double portion of your wisdom and patience. God, I pray that you would give them deep, discerning hearts and minds as they lead us into another year. God, I pray for, for us as people that we would get behind their leading that we would follow them as they, they lead us in walking closer to you. Father, I pray that, uh, that everything we do in this year will be about growing together in this body. Father, we commit this to you. We commit this year to you. Father, next Sunday we're going to lay out all of our ministries and we're going to devote them to you and we ask that your hand be be on them and, and be over this place. We thank you so much for Jesus who loves us. It's through his name we pray all together we say amen. Uh, the invitation is always...